Hello, and welcome to another week of Rike's Expat Podcast. This is podcast number 004, and today we're going to talk about romance. Is it overrated or, or not? I guess what I'd like to start with at the outset is that I'm not against romance. In fact, those who have known me going back to, oh, guy, my earlier years know that I, I have spent the majority of my life being the poster boy for probably being just the over the top romantic. I look back on some of the things that I've done just, you know, in my, in my twenties and my thirties. Eh, not so much into my 40s. Uh, I started kind of getting dialed in right about then. But looking back on on just some of the the misconceived notions that I was raised with when it comes to romance and love, it, it led me to do a lot of pretty crazy things. Just one that I'll mention is a marriage proposal that I did uh, where I essentially took over a company-wide meeting. There were about about 1,000 or so people in this meeting, and it was a company meeting. Uh, the president, the vice president of the company were there to give a quarterly update to all of the stockholders and imp- stockholder employees. And and I went up to the podium and essentially made a marriage proposal right there, right there, just kind of, I mean, looking back on it, it was pretty insane. Um so naturally that made the company paper. And I've done other things. I won't even go into the whole list of them because it's just, again, it's mind-boggling to me to look back on these things. If you go around on YouTube, you'll eventually bump into and find, if you search for it, a a wedding proposal of a guy from India. Now, it's it's so in, insane that you you would almost have to think this thing was staged. But I've, I've watched it like a bunch of times. I'm pretty convinced that this guy was just unfortunately very clueless. And what he did was apparently he had been going, he's from India and he's at a mall. And probably as I describe it, you'll know the video I'm talking about. And apparently he's in this mall and he's decided to propose to this girl that he's been dating for like not even two, three months, if that. And so what he does is just, he has uh, some guys playing some music, and, and this is right in the middle of the mall, and he drops down on one knee, and, and by the time he gets to, this has been the best two months of my life, and she starts figuring out that he's he's going to propose to her, and and meanwhile, all this crazy stuff is going on, you know, like a little kid train passes through and totally breaks the mood, and then he starts up again, and she even tries to stop him a couple times, uh, but he just won't have it. He's madly in love, and he figures that this really grand romantic gesture is going to be the wonderful story that they're going to tell their grandkids. Well, the whole thing just went about as badly as you could imagine. Needless to say, she didn't say yes, and she walked off really angry, and he's just left standing there like a complete idiot. So, what does this have to do with romance in the Philippines? Well, I look around. I, As I've mentioned before, my whole life, I love observing people. My My big question my whole life has been two things. How do things work, 
in general how do how do things work everything from governments to machines to science to biology how do things work there's a reason why things work the way they do they're limited they're they run by parameters there's something there's a system that makes things work the way they do everything from the way that a baseball rolls off the roof and how, how far away it lands on the lawn everything has a working set of parameters that decides and, and makes things happen the way they do. So I've always wanted to know, how do things work? You know, why, why do certain governments fail? Why do certain business uh, approaches never work? And some do. Why, why is that so elusive? Why? And the other thing I want, I've always had great curiosity about is people. Why do people, myself included, why do people do the things they do? Everybody does everything for a reason. Nobody does anything without a reason. Nobody even crosses the room unless they have a reason. They may not be able to articulate that reason. They may not be able to consciously say, well, I did this because of that. Many people settle when they're asked. You get this with kids. You get this even from adults. You ask them, why did you do that? I don't know. They just don't know. They really don't process it. But there is a reason. And if you could get more information, you would find out they they have a motive. They're hungry, or they want something, or they thought they could get a certain outcome. They, you know, there's something usually they're trying to accomplish. Everything from the way you sleep in bed, whether you lean on your left shoulder, your right shoulder, again, why you would even cross a room, why you would go to town on a Tuesday rather than a Thursday. We have these reasons behind what we do. And it starts getting into relationships. Why do we, why are we attracted? This has been a mind boggler for me, and, it, and really I don't know that I've ever gotten to the bottom of it, but I've always wondered, well, why is it certain people are attracted to a certain, let's say men. Certain men are attracted to a certain type of woman. There are some men who are attracted to blonde-haired, blue-eyed women. Well, that's fine. There's nothing right or wrong about that, but my question is why? And, and it's as hard a question to answer as, why do I like strawberry ice cream? Now, I can come up with a lot of reasons. Like, for instance, when I was a kid growing up in Fairfield, California, we used to have a strawberry patch. And I, I loved going out before school into the fog and, and, and getting strawberries, fresh strawberries. And my mom made strawberry pie as I grew up. And uh, I, I've just always loved strawberries. I used to drink strawberry Nestle Quick. I, I, I love strawberries. But I really can't tell you why. When I go to 31 flavors and there's all these different flavors, I may try some other ones, try some other flavors here and there, but I always keep coming back to strawberry with real strawberries in it. I love strawberry ice cream. Why is it I don't like mocha flavored ice cream so much? I don't know. I mean, there's people that they, they're just crazy about mocha flavored ice cream. So we have all these preferences when it comes to relationships. And, and, and who knows what those reasons are? Maybe, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, speculation. I'm sure psychologists could chip in a whole lot on this subject. They could say, well, you, you look for uh, security and safety. And so you, you try to find a woman that reminds you of your mother. You know, there's one sort of Freudian approach to that, that, but then you see so many men who look for a woman who's anything but like their mother. Complete opposite. In fact, uh, they may grow up with a Caucasian mother, and yet their complete fascination is with Asian women. 
not not uncommon at all. So, just on one other side note, there's even men that I have met who prefer heavy set women. They they will not even waste their time on a, on a skinny girl. They want a big fat woman. And when I asked them their reasons, the reasons that they gave me was they said, well, they'll be more appreciative and uh, I don't have to worry about other guys stealing my woman and this and that. But, you know, to me, that even that's illogical because you look at, uh, you look at enough Jerry Springer episodes and you see plenty of these heavyset women engaged in just the most outrageous, bizarre in, infidelity issues that it, it just boggles the mind. So, so much for that, that theory. But, um, getting back to relationships in the Philippines and romance, I, I see, for instance, I, I was at the mall yesterday and as I was doing some errands and such, I happened to see at two different periods, I, I saw two different men. Each of them were expats and they were of retirement age and each one was pushing a baby cart. And his younger Filipina wife was tagging along. And, and, and it, it just kind of, again, it, it, it's, it struck up a question within me. And I thought to myself, did this man tell himself, I'm going to come to the Philippines and start a new family? Or did he meet a woman and one thing just kind of led to another? He met her, they liked each other, they started dating, they fell in love, they got married, and then it just kind of was the next natural thing. She wants kids, and he's not, he wants her to be happy, and he's not totally against the idea, so they have, they have some kids. It could be a step-by-step -step progression, or it can be, I'm gonna go to the Philippines, and I'm gonna meet someone, I'm gonna marry them, and I'm gonna have kids. Some people plan their goals out, you know, their decisions, and other people just sort of wing it and kind of go, well, we'll see what happens. And, okay, well, now that I'm in this situation, now I guess that opens up this opportunity. And, again, I'm not here to say that, that one method of decision-making is right and the other one is wrong. There's advantages and disadvantages to each of those, being flexible and, and inflexible and such. But as I look at romance, I think, again, I've, over the years... I've toned down and refined what romance is in my life. I am a hopeless romantic, but I've redefined how I apply that. And let me explain what I've learned over the decades. I made most of my dumbest decisions in relationships, and they were. They were just stupid decisions. Usually rash decisions, jumping into relationships. I've probably been engaged and disengaged, if that's a word, at least five times in my life, maybe more. That just gives you an idea of how busy I was for seven years in my 30s. So my idea of romance was that I guess I, I picked it up from all these Frank Capper movies or just the movie movies in general. I'm a big sucker. I still love watching romance comedies. But I, I had this idea that romance is something that precedes the relationship. And I'll say it again because it really is crucial. I grew up with the misconception that romance is what precedes the relationship, that it came before 
the it's you know I saw it as romance was like the shoehorn. The romance was the way to to woo your way into this woman's life and begin the relationship. So as a result, as I would go about and meet women when I was single and apply whatever wit and charm I had and the romance and, and I was, I was, I had, I had bought this book. It was, uh, I think a hundred ways to be romantic and it was actually a very good book. It was just bam, 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 a hundred things you could do to be romantic. And I would just go overboard and I had all these creative ways. If I met a woman and, and, and I, as soon as I realized that she liked me, I would begin to romance her. And this is getting into the relationship. And so everything from little notes in her lunchbox to flowers on her car after work to you name it, just all the right things. And none of those are bad things. But the problem is I, I was applying romance and romantic gestures as a way of starting a relationship. And it always ended badly. I mean, it's, it's flattering to a woman at first, but what happens is, is men tend to escalate. And that's what I did. I escalated and pretty soon the gestures were grander and grander. Uh, maybe because I thought, well, I've got to really outdo myself this time. Or it was so great to see her happy. I want to make her even happier with something bigger, something more over the top. And, and it's, I guess for a woman, it's flattering at first, but it also puts a lot of pressure on her, an expectation. It's like, guy, this guy's really just going overboard for me, and, and uh, now what's expected of me? And so what I learned over the years after I finally got married the second time was that I toned down the romance preceding the relationship and just focused on getting to know each other. I just focused on, I, I, I made so many mistakes by the time I got to my second marriage that I said, you know, I'm just going to abandon that whole route. I don't know what else I'm going to do different, but I know that has not been working out well. So I set the whole romance mode to off, and I just focused on being practical, just getting to know the woman. I spent a year getting to know her. And by the end of the year, she loved me, I loved her, and yes, you know, I did little nice things along the way, you know, our two-month and six-month anniversary, we went out for a nice dinner and whatnot, and, you know, there were nice little things, but I wasn't emphasizing romance to build the relationship. I was focusing on getting to know her. Now, that that worked out great. We got married, and everybody that knows us for ten years... And, and we were together, we knew each other for about 14 years. But everybody who knew us, even after our divorce, said, wow, I wish I could have a relationship like those two, myself and my ex-wife. It really was like a 10-year honeymoon. We were just, you would think we just got married the week before. Because what I did was I applied a lot of the same emphasis on romance, but in a different way after the relationship had been committed. Once we were in a marriage, once we were in a true committed relationship, then I began to apply a different mode of romance. 
and, and I'll tell you what that difference was. You remember the book that I mentioned? It was like a hundred different ways to be romantic. Well, that's exactly what the book was. Well, you know, like do this, do that, and on this special occasion you could do this, and you could put up little signs on the road on her way to work, and, and just all these really cool ideas. But what I did instead was I kind of toned that down once we were married, and what I did was I redefined romance as simply, I want to make her life better. That was it. That was the new definition of romance. I want to make her life happier and better. And 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 it and it wasn't leading me so much to roses and things like that. It was more improving the quality of her daily life. So that when she was worried, she knew she could count on me to be there. She could lean on my shoulder, she could cry, she could, uh, if she, if she wanted advice, I could give her advice. Usually, most women don't want advice, really. They just want you to hear them. But whatever it was, I wanted in every little way to simply make her life better, happier. And, and that included, uh, making her laugh every day, some, some kind of way, not in a forced way, but just being in a good mood, making little jokes, kind of kidding with her. We had our own little private jokes that only made sense really to the two of us. And and while we did end up getting divorced for entirely other reasons, just different different directions we were going in life after having been together for, for so long, the actual marriage was joyful. I mean, we, we broke up and then uh, the day after we our divorce was finalized, we started dating again. And we dated for like another seven months. We just couldn't stand being away from each other. And again, you know, we, we went our own separate ways for, for our own personal reasons. But the fact is, is that the positive result of redefining romance from romantic acts preceding a relationship to being more of, I want to make this person's life better happier, better in practical ways, for instance, helping her financially, helping her emotionally, but also happier, so that every day is, is kind of a joy. That produced a wonderful relationship that, to this day, we're still good friends. We still look back on our marriage with a lot of happy memories. We both call it the big adventure. We, it was, it was a big adventure and we had a blast and, and neither of us would undo it for anything. So now that I'm here in the Philippines, I've, I've applied sort of the same thing and it's, it's been, it's been doing well for me. Again, I, I don't go into huge romantic gestures. I don't, I don't meet a girl and then the second that she says, oh, I'd really like a new phone, I don't rush out and buy her the latest iPhone or the latest smartphone. And I see so many guys doing that. They're still locked in this idea that romantic gestures are a way to build a relationship. And so when they meet a Filipina and there's just this long list of valid needs. I'm not talking about scammers. I'm just talking about life as a Filipina. For most of them, life can be pretty hard. There's a lot of challenges here. There's a lot of poverty here. There's a lot of 
women who are working and not really making a working wage. They're making less than $300 U.S. dollars a month. They're making, you know, as little as uh, $2, $2 a day. If they're making $4 a day, they've got a fantastic job. So when an expat comes to the Philippines and he meets a Filipina and and all of a sudden he falls in love with her and that's great and he he falls back on a lot of the same misconceptions that I was raised with that we were all raised with in the western world which is okay now that I've met this woman and now that we we like each other and we're falling in love I need to go into romantic mode and getting back to scammers they love that moment the moment that they can see that this guy his brain has dropped out of his head he's an easy mark for money requests now that's scammers and I don't really want to spend a lot of time on that but getting back to just normal relationships the mistake that I see in the the, the misapplication of, of romance in relationships in the Philippines is where the guy goes into again just sort of like your head drops or your brain drops out of your head and you just sort of like wow I'm in love and and I'm just so happy to have met this woman and life is great and I wanna I, I just wanna I wanna buy her something I'm gonna I'm gonna buy her guys she doesn't have many new dresses I'm gonna buy her some new dresses and I'm gonna take her shopping and and he does all these things and and like I said next thing you know it's a new phone and then it's it's kinda outdoing yourself and and to the point where I'm not kidding I wish I was kidding but it gets to the point where they're not even six months together they're not even married and he's like wow how can I outdo the fact that I I bought their uh, her brother a tricycle to run his business I know I'll buy her a house I'll buy her parents a house and they do it I'm not kidding they there was one guy that talked to me he'd already bought three houses one for them a vacation house and a house for her parents three houses he bought her and then it was all in her name and so once the third house title cleared she left him so this is what happens when romance becomes the way to build the relationship romance again should be applied in wanting to make this person's life better wanting to make it happier after the commitments have been made after it's a committed relationship because applying it beforehand it strikes me as so ironic when I will talk to guys and they will I'll listen to them and they will tell me for 20 30 minutes they will say you know I met this Filipina and she had nothing and I gave her money for her parents and I bought her new things I bought her nice things I got her a new phone and I kept it loaded up with uh, load and I I created a bank account for her and I put money in there so if she ever needed it for emergencies and and then the ironic part is that after they tell me this for 20 30 minutes they say man it turned out all she wanted me for was my money and I I just you know I just kind of like try to absorb that moment without losing it because the relationship became all about money and he did it instead of taking the tact 
of telling himself, I'm, I like this girl, she likes me, I think we're falling in love, I'm going to spend a year getting to know this woman. That's going to be my focus for the next year, getting to know her. I'm going to spend as much time as I can with her, I'm going to be there for her in her sad times, in her hard times, her good times, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to be the shoulder for her. I'm going to, I want to, I want to make this woman happy. I want to, I want her to wake up every morning and be happy that, that I'm in her life. I want to, I want to make her life joyful. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. And it's a great way to build a relationship. And, and likewise, this woman, her position should not really be, well, I'm just going to give him really great sex and hope that that'll keep him around. No, her her position should be, and fortunately, a lot of Filipinas understand this better than most Western men, is they say to themselves, I want to make this man's life better. I want to make him comfortable. But she'll say to herself, I want to cook his meals. And even though he could send his clothes to be laundered in a service very inexpensively, I want to do it. I want to clean his clothes because I want to show him I care. I want to... Uh, hold his hand when we go across traffic. Not because he's some little boy, but because I want him to know that I care. I want to present myself in a, in a very uh, attractive way when we're out in public, uh, because I want him to be proud of me. Her thought process is, I want to make this man's life better. I want to make his life happier. Filipinas seem to understand that, majority of course, you know, there's always the, the random, you know, strange data points. But as a whole, that's what I think draws a lot of men to the Philippines, is that they want to make his life better. They want to make it happier. And we need to be doing the same thing, not throwing a bunch of money at her. Because if we throw a bunch of money at her, we really shouldn't be surprised when her mindset, even a good woman, becomes... Well, I really like the guy, but I don't, I don't know him that well. Uh, I don't know what makes him happy. I don't, cause he doesn't really share that with me. All he ever does is, uh, is give me money or buy me things as soon as he figures out that I need something. And so she doesn't really fall in love with him. The money becomes the intermediary for the relationship. So I would say that I'm, to wrap it all up, I'm all for romance. I am. Again, I'm just kind of a hopeless romantic. I am all for romance. But I believe that romance is not gestures, uh, again, like just providing flowers on anniversary days and that kind of thing. I'll close with this note. I read years ago the biography of, there's many of them, but I read a biography on Mother Teresa. And, and she was asked, well, why, what motivates you to spend time with these lepers? Many of them are going to die within a couple of days or weeks. And, and what she said had a very profound effect on me. She said that disease is not the worst thing that can happen to a human being. Dying alone is the worst thing. So even though she could not heal their leprosy, even though she could not keep death away, she would sit by and talk to these lepers 
just so that they knew someone in the whole world cared about them. That they would not just die alone. And that was her gift. All the other things that resulted from it stemmed from this core belief that she had. That people want in their life someone who cares. And we as men come to the Philippines and we think that what women want is someone who will just buy them everything they need. And that's, that's nowhere even close. Yes, women want to be provided for, but what they really want is the same thing we want. We want to know that somebody cares about us. Because that's the hardest pill to swallow is when a man realizes He's been throwing money at a woman for six months or a year or three years, and he comes to the realization that she doesn't love him, she loves his money. What he wanted all along was for her to love him, which is why this, this emphasis needs to be, in the beginning of a relationship, I believe, needs to be getting to know each other. Spend a year getting to know each other. De-emphasize the whole fixing everything with money issue. De-emphasize the whole every day has to be a two-hour sex thing. Try to just get to know each other. Make each other laugh. Find out, work through issues. Ask each other questions. Find out what you have in common. Accept the things that you don't have in common. Get to know that person and fall in love with that person. Fall in love with, care about who they are. Because that's, that's what they want, and that's what you want. And that's the best thing you can give each other, is to take care of each other. A lot of times when, when, I think women have a better handle on this, and maybe some men do, but when they think about marriage, they, they're, they're already thinking, I want somebody who will be there for me, and as, as the years go by, I want to know that for all the friends that come in and out of my life and kids that grow up and maybe they don't see as often or whatever, they want to know that there's one person in their life who knows them and cares about them. No different than those lepers in India. They want to know that the, the greatest gift they ever got from Mother Teresa or any of the women that worked under her was knowing that they weren't going to just die behind some garbage pile in the street unnoticed, but that somebody was going to wipe them down, give them a bed to sleep in, talk to them, find out their name, hear about their past, care about them. The fact that they were going to die was unavoidable, but at least they were going to die knowing somebody cared. And... I think that is where misapplied romance short-circuits everything. And then you have guys who, again, they make the mistake of throwing money into the relationship, thinking, well, this is how you cement the deal. You just, you know, come in with your big romantic gestures and, 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 and wallet, and then she'll be yours forever. It's amazing to men when they, they almost can't compute. And, and after the dust settles, they're sitting there scratching their head and they're going, well, I don't get it. This girl had nothing when I met her. Nothing. And I offered her the world. 
I offered her travel. I offered her security. I offered her more money than she's ever dreamed of. And she treated me badly. She cheated on me. I don't understand. Well, if you go back far enough, you'll find that a heavy emphasis on just providing for her financial needs, that becomes the way she relates to you. And it short circuits this whole, what should be the emphasis, which is getting to know each other. Again, uh, just some thoughts I'd like to share, and hopefully you find it useful. Be sure to check out my vlog on YouTube. You can uh, There's a shortcut link to get there. It's uh, seetheph.com, S-E-E-T-H-E-P-H.com, like see the Philippines, see the ph.com. And you can always reach me here at uh, rikeradio.com uh, once a week, hopefully uh, yeah, plus or minus one day. I'll, I'll be here to share something. And uh, if you'd like to leave comments, you can leave comments here at the bottom of the, the web page. You may have to log in so that you can, you can leave a comment. So uh, welcome, welcome that, and I'll try to get back with those as, as fast as possible. And we'll talk again next week. See you then. Bye-bye.